Welcome to the Terror Words Space Podcast. This is Aravind. In this podcast, I attempt to demystify the developments in space tech by interviewing thought leaders, analysts, investors, and entrepreneurs. I haven't released any new episodes for a while, as I wanted to take a short break. However, before we get to the next season, I have three bonus episodes for you, focusing on the state of the space industry from places around the world. This episode is about Africa. There's not a great deal of information about the African space ecosystem and how space industry works over there. So I invited Temedayo Onyasun, the Managing Director of Space in Africa, a startup providing business and market analysis for the African space industry. In this episode, Temedayo and I discuss the landscape for space in Africa, how important space is for Africa, and more. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, Timida. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. Cool. So let's get started. And the first question that I usually start with is to ask guests to describe their story. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. So what's your story and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? And what are you doing as well? Um, okay. Uh, so I currently um, lead a startup company called Space in Africa. Um, we are a media analytics and consulting company focusing on the African space and satellite industry. Um, founded the company in 2018. Um, I, you know, I saw a massive gap in, in Africa when it comes to space. You know, there's like a lot of things going on um, that people in Africa do not actually know. And then people outside of Africa also they don't know what's going on in like the space ecosystem in Africa. So. Um, you know, sort of massive gap and then started space in Africa to um, fill up that gap. So I will work, you know, majorly focused around, um, you know, bringing our data and information in the industry, what's happening in the business side, in the technology side, what are governments doing, um, operations of the commercial companies and, and things like that. So that's, uh, that's like the summary. Um, yeah, so, you know, it does make a lot of sense in terms of what you're doing, because there are not a lot of resources available for people to understand uh, with what's going on with Af- space in Africa. So thanks for doing that. And yeah, I found your website and your resources super useful, especially when I'm trying to do, do some research around Africa. Cool. So let's get to Africa and the space industry in Africa. Um Let's step back a bit and, you know, let's assume that, you know, people don't have much idea about what's going on with uh, space in Africa overall. Could you start with uh, giving an overview of what kind of space activities go on in Africa? Uh, which countries are involved? Um, you know, what kind of capabilities do they have? We'll get to the separate domains in a bit, you know, launch communication, earth observation, etc. But just in terms of overall countries and how space is organized uh in different countries is it more institutional commercial or is it is there a military component it'd be good to start from there and then we can dig deeper okay uh yeah sure so um uh let me start from saying you know usually people from outside of africa when when you talk about space program in africa they're always like surprised because uh you know they're not like exactly sure why african countries are like investing in space technologies and all of that yeah, there is an there is an industry in Africa. There is a space sector in Africa. Um, it's mostly uh, you know it's mostly space applications. Uh, so there's like some activities around technology development, but 
a lot of the work around uh, you know space application using space technologies to like you know address different kind of issues. Um, looking at satellite programs, uh, so currently like thirteen com countries have been able to like uh, put a satellite in space in Africa, um, and like ten different countries are currently working on their first satellite project. So. Um, Talking about building satellites and how a lot of African countries are trying to do that. Um, in fact, by 2024, like 23 African countries will have launched a satellite in space. That, that's almost half of you know, the countries in Africa. So that's, that's really massive. Um, and then, you know, majority of these countries uh, have, majority of these com countries do not exactly have the capabilities to build a satellite in house. Uh, so they mostly depend on, most of the countries depend on uh, you know, foreign partners, foreign institutions to, uh, to be able to develop these technologies. Uh, a few of the satellites were also like outsourced. Uh, there are like more uh, earth observation satellites and communication satellites. All the communication satellites were outsourced. Um, a few of the earth observation satellites were built locally. Uh, a few countries have like assembly, integration, and testing facilities where you know they can build like uh, you know small satellites. Um, a lot of the large satellites are you know, either built in partnership with foreign countries or like completely built uh, out of Africa. Um, and then under the you know the space application survey industries. Uh, is more or less like the most popular industry because uh, majority of these countries are developing space programs to address different problems. Uh, you know, from you know, uh, whether it's agriculture, whether it's system monitoring, you know, whatever kind of problem they're trying to address. Uh, and you know, that segment of the industry is also growing. Um, and you know, in recent years, there have been conversation about a continentally driven space program. Um, which is leading to an African space agency, which is expected to be operational very soon. Um, yeah, so this is, you know, like the overview of the industry presently. Um, according to market research and analysis that we did in 2019, we discovered the industry generated like $7.37 billion in annual revenue, and we projected that that would rise to over $10 billion by 2024. Uh, majority of the revenue comes from like uh, satellite TV market, uh, you know, fixed satellite services, uh, mobile satellite services, global navigation satellite system, um, you know, the earth observation segment, as, as well as uh, you know, the geospatial industry. Uh, a tiny bit of the revenue comes from satellite manufacturing and you know, satellite component manufacturing. Uh, in recent years, so the countries are now you know, increasing their investment into space programs. Space budget in Africa have risen from about $283 million in 2018 to $503 million in 2020. Uh, in fact, the 2021 budget is also about 90% increase in that. So, um, you know, more governments are developing space program and, you know, it's like increasing uh, government budgets. A lot of satellite projects are ongoing. Uh, and we're also seeing the rise in uh, in companies in the ecosystem. Uh, uh, we've got like a lot of companies that are um, that are working around space application segments, uh, you know, the downstream segment of the industry. Uh, we have a few companies that are, you know, 
working on the option segment, manufacturing components for satellites or components for launch providers and things like that. So, um, yeah, this is like an overview of what's going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, if you were to, you know, look at what are the top three countries for space or top three or top five countries in space, uh, could you list like what are the significant countries in space, because you hear about South Africa quite a bit, you hear about Egypt quite a bit. Uh, is that correct? Are they the most active countries? Or uh, well, which which ones are you know more active when it comes to the space ecosystem? Let's say you know when it comes to building satellites, because I'm sure that from the developing applications, a lot of countries are involved because you just need a computer to get started with uh, developing applications. So when it comes to you know setting up the infrastructure, building satellites or, you know, launching satellites, which are the top countries? Yeah, uh, good question. So looking at, um, you know, which, you know, the most active countries, um, you know, it's, it depends on the way you define that. So if you're defining that by, you know, <clears throat> how many satellites each of these countries have been able to put to space, then you've got Egypt, you've got South Africa, you've got Nigeria, you've got Algeria. So these are like the top four countries. Um, Egypt has been able to launch nine satellites. South Africa has launched eight satellites. Nigeria and Algeria are tied at uh, six satellites each. Um, you know, if you're looking at the capability to manufacture satellites, then South Africa is leading. Um, out of the um, eight satellites that South Africa has launched, uh, seven of those satellites were built in South Africa. Uh, I think South Africa is the only country, you know, that has been able to, you know, demonstrate over and over again that they can actually manufacture, uh, you know, satellites within the territory. So, um, Egypt has, you know, Egypt has also been able to, you know, work on the sports satellites. Um, they're now setting up an assembly and integration testing facility. Uh, Algeria also the same thing. Um, so, you know, these are like the three countries that. You know that have like um, working structure, so like manufacture, even if it's a small satellite within the territory. Um, and then you've got countries like Nigeria. Nigeria is trying to also set up an assembly and integration testing. They've not been able to manufacture anything locally. Um, Ethiopia is also setting up an assembly and integration testing facility. They've not been able to manufacture anything locally, but uh, they're setting that up. So to answer your question, you've got Egypt, you've got Depending on you know how you look at it, but you know, top of the scale you've got Egypt, South Africa, say Algeria, Nigeria. Got it. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's get to the different space domains. Um, are there plans? You know, let's start with launch. Um, I wanted to start with launch because I'm wondering if, from your perspective, do you think there needs to be uh, you know independent access to space from Africa? Uh, are there countries working on it or thinking about it? Because clearly, you know, you've been launching on you know Ariana Space or. Um, you know, just the Chinese launcher. Um, which one, or if there are countries that are interested, or you know, which one you think could be the one that could go ahead and develop it in the future, or you think it it will probably not be needed at all? Um, okay, so um, do I think there is a need for an independent launch facility in Africa? The answer is yes. Uh, I, I think I think 
there's a lot of payload coming outside of Africa that if you set up a company and all the payloads coming out of Africa, if you actually get all of that, you're going to be running a very good business. Um, you know, like 114 satellites are currently under development. Um, there are a few launch providers globally that, are, that launches 114 satellites. So, um, so the answer to that is yes, I think there is, uh, there is a need for that. Not just because there are payloads from Africa, but because, you know, there are payloads everywhere in the world. You can set up a company in Africa and uh, launch payload coming from Europe, from America, anywhere in the world. Um, and, you know, there's always like the equatorial advantage. Um, you know, that Africa actually uh, provides. Um, so the second question on you know whether there are countries that are you know, working on this. Um, so yes, South Africa has a rocket uh, program that is domiciled in one of the universities, UKZN, um, and you know the, the 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 research team have been able to you know launch. Uh, they've been able to build a small rocket. So, Think about 13 kilometers or something, um, you know, which is which is impressive. That's like I think that's the uh, most advanced rocket that we have on the continent, being built on the continent. Um, you know, there are other private companies uh, that are trying to do something similar. There's Delta V Aerospace. There is uh, Metlux. You know, both companies are in South Africa, um, and then you know. So yeah, there's like that going on in South Africa. You know, there are like existing launch sites in South Africa uh, where this stuff can be launched. They, they just need like beauty technology and uh, they can create like a very good ecosystem around that. Um, outside of South Africa, the only other country, uh, so there is also Nigeria. So Nigeria also, uh, they, they've got like a center for proportion and um, where they are building a rocket system from uh, locally sourced material. Um, I think they, they've had like a series of uh, test launch, and, but they've not been able to go past the 10 kilometer margin. Um, so there's that, uh, you know, there is also something ongoing in Kenya. Uh, you know, recently, uh, the Kenyan government signed an agreement with um, with the Italian government to resume the use of the rocket launch sites, um, the uh, Luigi Bloggio rocket launch sites. Um, and, you know, that is also creating some sort of ecosystem where they are now trying to, like, do, you know, small rockets, and it's still at the very early stage. Um, yeah, so these are, like, you know, some ongoing work around that. Um, Turkey is trying to set up a launch facility in Somalia, um, you know, as part of they are planned to um, send payload to the moon. Uh, so that's also ongoing in Somalia. So yeah, these are like some of the ones that are going Good. Makes sense. Um, go, going to the downstream side of things, clearly that is what is, you know, at least very important for the African continent because of all the applications that it can provide, both from the internet connectivity point of view and also for Earth observation with all the applications of Earth observation for Africa. Um, and clearly that is also, I'm thinking, why countries are, you know, looking to invest in their first Earth observation satellite or the communication satellite. Um, I wanted to ask from a communication point of view, how do countries look at 
communication satellites today are they still looking at it for broadcasting or all the or also they are thinking about broadband because of the kind of the world we're living now you know with starlink and OneWeb, maybe they have a lot of potential in africa clearly um what are the perspectives of governments with respect to communication satellites because you know historically they've been building broadcasting uh, communication satellites and i'm sure there are ongoing projects for that as well but is that also extending to broadband um, yes, so I, I think any every country that has built like uh, a communication satellite in Africa, they don't just think about uh, they don't just think about TV services. They they also think about uh, you know um, internet services and things like that. So um, yeah, a, a lot of governments are you know yeah, so many countries in Africa are looking at. Uh, communication satellites to bridge the digital divide. Uh, countries like Nigeria has already got a satellite. Doing that. Egypt has multiple satellites doing that. They've, they've built a, a really cool business out of Milesat, you know, that generates like substantial revenue every year. Um, <clears throat> Angola is also working on that, although their satellite float in orbit, now they're you know, building a replacement. Um, you know, Algeria also has their own uh, um, their own communication satellite, and they're even planning to build another one. Yeah. So, and you've got like a lot of countries like like South Africa, like Sudan, even Ethiopia, that are now coming up with the ambitious plan of uh, you know building satellites. Yeah. So it's about uh, you know, like I said, you know, satellite TV services and. FSS and MSS, they generate substantial revenue on the continent, but the truth is there's still like a massive market for that. You know, there's still uh, more than half of Africa is still unconnected to majority of the rural parts, unconnected. Um, you know, even when it comes to satellite TV services, uh, DTH only covers like you know, very few people still using DTH in Africa. Okay? So there's still like a massive market for this. Um, so, and, you know, everyone is trying to tap into it, not just African, uh, African government. Uh, you know, you have a lot of foreign providers that are also trying to play into it. You mentioned Stalin. Um, you know, a market like Africa is extremely important for companies for, for one web. Even the, the legacy companies like Intelsa, like Intelsa, these guys, they build massive businesses in Africa and they, they know that Africa is... Uh, very, because, you know, the place where you have the massive need, where you have the most need, then that's where, like, the, the biggest opportunity is. So, um, yeah, so, you know, there is, the, the, the seg that segment of the industry is already generating reasonable amount, um, but then the potential is way massive than what it's currently generating. And, uh, and I think everyone is just trying to play in that space. Um, and I think, you know, it's not bad when you have, you know, multiple institutions playing in the space. It, it drives competition, you know, bring the cost down, which is very good for the people in the localities. Uh, yeah, so, that, so that's it. Yeah, that, may, that makes a lot of sense. You know, obviously there is a lot of opportunity and market potential for companies. Um, and I think this is the same uh, that applies to Earth Observation as well, because obviously there are a lot of applications of earth observation whether it's in agriculture or you know environmental monitoring forestry yeah all kinds of applications of satellite imagery um for africa 
how is the awareness of earth observation in in africa in general because obviously you know the imagery is just starting to become available um you know there are projects like digital earth africa which provide imagery uh, for people to use and then there's of course the sentinel program as well from europe and landsat from the us and also the local capacity from the respective countries uh, so all at least some kind of data is available to you know to work with locally um but is there awareness that you know this can be the potential of uh, earth observation data let's build these type of applications is that awareness there in africa or you know it's you know slowly starting to be developed right now yeah i think when it comes to earth observation in africa um a lot of the players both you know african players and like a lot of foreign institutions that are trying to maybe play in that um that segment or like support that segment um i think everyone everyone thinks that data is the problem and like when you solve the problem of data then you actually solve the problem but that's not the case um i think there's a lot of data available um but you know there are not enough people to actually make sense out of that data there are not enough structures to get institutions to make sense out of that data um you know i was i was on a panel like uh, earlier this year um at the data of space uh, event out of scotland and you know we were we were talking about similar things and um you know talking about how for example the uk government funds a lot of earth observation projects in africa and you know it's like every year you come and fund like the same kind of project and you're addressing the same kind of problem like every time um but the problem you're addressing probably no longer exists now you need to you know address a new set of problems because now data is everywhere like the entire sentiment whatever is like available for african institution uh you know last others in there for like decades or whatever um and you know most of these countries are even now building their own interpretation so so data is not like the primary problem it's about creating um, a structure to actually get these institutions to make sense out of this data um and i think that's one of the major things got it uh and what is needed no is it is it more you know spreading awareness or is it more about creating more structures on an educational level so that people know how to use the data what what can be done to use earth observation data and create solutions for africa so it's it's the combination of both uh one there is a need for you know more awareness so it is like i think uh i think there is a need for more training but often times they just cite like the same set of picture like the same set of people right? uh i think there is a need for more awareness there is a need for more training um most importantly there is a need to create commercial value out of it uh, i think a lot of earth observation projects in africa are like domicile with government institutions domicile with universities and research institutions um when you have when you have a sector that is driven like that it's difficult to make commercial sense out of that and uh, usually commercial institutions solve bigger problems solve more problems than like uh than the government 
Um, so I think there is a need to um, to create or like you know, create a structure that can see the emergence of like a lot of ex observation companies from Africa that can make business sense out of whatever value they're creating. Uh, you know, a lot of attention has been paid to government research institutions and all of that. I think the focus should now shift to like commercial companies. Absolutely, yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I wanted to ask you another question about, um, you know, the space uh, outlook of space in general. Um, how important is space for Africa overall? Because obviously, you know, Africa is not just uh, interested in space. You know, there are other technologies. You know, you need to invest in fintech and all the financial technologies. You need to invest in e-commerce. You need to invest in... Uh, consumer apps um, so there's a lot of other technologies you know that also need to be implemented so among all these how important do you think space is overall because you know if you compare it to e-commerce or fintech which is what i hear about a lot when i you know see african startups those are the you know the more successful ones these days so is is space really that important for africa uh, or how do countries actually see it is it like one of their do they even consider it in their top three, top five uh, things to invest in? Or even entrepreneurs, even people, you know, do they even think about space? Because, you know, the, they think about the basics, right? E-commerce, fintech, consumer apps. These seems to be the basic uh, foundation. So I was curious how the outlook is in Africa for space. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say if you ask the question of how important it is, I think it's very important. Um, but there is a reason why there's not, you know, so many people playing in the space or like, um, you know, a lot of uh, space entrepreneurs and things like that. I mean, space tech is high tech. Uh, fintech, consumer tech, you know, edutech, those are not high tech. I mean, you can, you just need like a computer, you, you know, and then you build codes and you've created an, created an edutech startup or like, and aggregate, you know, all of those other segments. I know fintech is like getting a lot of attention in Africa today, but, um, you know, the structure for that is already available. It's not high tech. You just need like awesome developers, and those are like everywhere in Africa now. Uh, when it comes to space, you don't just need awesome developers. You need a lot of hardware developers, you know. Um, you need people that can actually build, you know, physical technologies, not just uh, software technologies and there is a gap for that in Africa. There is not enough hardware developers in Africa. Um, there is not enough, uh, you know, skilled people in the space industry in Africa. Uh, so I think this is like this is a primary problem for the ecosystem. Uh, I mean, if you take South Africa as a case study, where you've got like majority of like the offshore companies in Africa, that's because they've created a structure where there's like influx of engineers that can actually do this technology. So these guys, there's synergy between the companies and the universities and the government. So there's like a lot of, you know, pool of talent. So it's not the same with like all the other countries. Uh, I think um, I think the space ecosystem in, in Africa today is, is at a very early stage. It's like where the general tech ecosystem was like, 10 years ago in Africa, like very early stage. Uh, you know, opportunities, uh, you know, a lot of potential, 
but it needs like you know uh, it needs a lot of manpower it needs a lot of professionals that can that, that actually believe in you know what's going on I mean, for example one of one of the challenges that new space companies face in africa today is access to investment and so there is like a breakage where you know african investors do not understand space technology so they can't put their money there um but they can invest in like all these other stuff but if you bring a space startup to like maybe this like an individual investor they don't really understand it so they don't put the money so these companies are forced like to actually fund it to raise money but when these investors see like what they like so one way of like starting the thing like well, this is awesome and all of that, right? But you know, if it's an African company that is developing, that they find it difficult to actually grab. So, uh, I think it, I think the reason for this is there's like the lack of information. Uh, you know, this is which is also one of the things that we're bridging with you know space in Africa. Uh, you know, there's lack of information, lack of awareness, lack of data. I mean, I mean, before we came in in 2018, there was no data on the industry. You don't know who is you know, wisdom, what, or there, there was no data on the industry. So, and you can be an investor and put your money in an industry with no data. It's not possible. So, uh, we hope in space in Africa that next couple of years, uh, things are going to, I mean, things are already changing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dragonfly and Africa and New Space Company was acquired. You know, that's like a good starting story. So uh, a lot of you know things like and you know majority of these companies are not even expanding to like other part of the world. You know? So there is opportunity, there is potential. Um, the industry is still at the very early stage, but it's going to grow. Absolutely, yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. And you know, the next question that I was going to ask in about was about investment, and you know, you're perfectly right uh, in terms of availability of data, and you know, I think. That's where you guys, uh, space in Africa, played a you know very important role in you know at least bringing attention to what's going on in Africa and you know putting the data uh, in front of people. Um, in terms of investment in general, what are the main opportunities you think? So if there is an investor right now who is listening and you know who invests in the African ecosystem, what are the opportunities? do you think that exist at least you know in the short term uh, for investment in africa is it going to be in you know earth observation uh, a value-added service a product from earth observation or is it going to be more on the hardware side where do you think the opportunities are in the short term um so opportunities are like you know across the entire industry budget. so uh, i mean if you take communications for example it's the opportunities are massive you just need to you know Find a problem that you can address, and there is like an addressable market for that. Um, you know, when it comes to earth observation, there are like, you know, there's like so many problems that can be solved with even the freely available data. Like, we're not even talking of earth observation companies, you know, going to buy data. Like, with the freely available data, there's like a ton of resources you can build with that. Uh, you know, there's opportunities. There, there are a few companies that are trying to. In this space, but like I said, access to investment is, is very hard, so everyone is forced to bootstrap. Um, if you look at manufacturing, it's the same thing, you know. Uh, now, you know, a lot of companies are now manufacturing components that are going into some of like the world's biggest space mission, so there's like an ecosystem for that. So, you, that kind of ecosystem needs empowerment, and then you see like 
you know, more spin off, you know, coming out of that. And before you know it, you've, you've created, I mean, that's what we've seen in Cape Town, for example. Now it's like, like an ecosystem of hardware manufacturers there. Uh, so, you know, take hardware manufacturing, take earth observation, take uh, satellite communications, and like replicate that across cities in Africa. And before you know it, you've created a massive industry. Um, so, but, you know, when it comes to investment, you don't, um, we're not talking short-term investment. You know, it, it, it's a long-term thing. Um, so, I mean, a, a lot of investment, uh, a lot of investors are probably like, you know, looking at doing a 1.5x, you know, 2x, and like, I don't know, three years, five years, but it, it could take longer than that. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, we, we, we have a, a few, uh, you know, success stories already out of it. In fact, in the past years, we've seen a lot of exits also. Uh, so we just need, uh, I mean, the, the investors outside of Africa, they see this potential. That's why they invest in some of these companies. Um, I mean, even I remember when, when we, we were trying to raise some investment in 2019, it was hard because, like, no one understood what we we're trying to do. But, you know, we got an investor from the US who understood what we're trying to do and uh, you know it's a good story now so it's like massive potential across the industry like that and you just need like African investors to sort of like believe in that yeah no absolutely hopefully yeah hopefully there's going to be more um, investment flowing in the next few years um, I wanted to jump to partners and you know who are the you know the the best friends of the African space industry. So what kind of countries collaborate with Africa a lot? Uh, is it going to be more in the US, Europe, or is it more in Asia? How do the collaborations happen today, both for building satellites and for, uh, you know, technology transfer and training and all that? Um, yeah, so I, I think Europe has, you know, for years, Europe has been like Africa's uh, number one partner when it comes to developing uh, so when, when it comes to the entire value chain, so whether it's in satellite manufacturing um, or even like earth observation projects, like space application projects, Europe has, um, you know, sort of like being Africa's leading partner in that. Uh, in recent years, China has been trying to also play in the same. Uh, there's now like, you know, a lot of interest from China to like different countries. Uh, they've also been able to build uh, a couple of satellites for different actors. Um, the U.S., on the other hand, has not exactly been paying attention to Africa. Um, so, for example, out of the 44 satellites that has been launched by Africa so far, only one of those was developed in the U.S. Um, and, you know, so other regions like Japan is also, uh, you know, Japan's, uh, Japan's support has been around, you know, capacity development, you know, working with universities. Uh, be able to build these uh, these technologies and all of that. Uh, which other regions? Um, you know, India, not too much. Um, uh, Russia, you know, I sort of like handed Russia to Europe. You know, this uh, is like a track record of um, you know, work with Africa and Russia. So they're also important Got it. Makes sense. Um, all right. And in terms of Africa's, let's say, USP, you know, is like the, you know, the big important thing about Africa and Africa's uh, space industry. So what is the one big thing that, you know, the USP, the the thing that people uh, should take a note of 
in terms of the African space industry? What do you think it is? Is it the availability of talent? Is it, you know, the all the problems that need to be solved? So what is that one big thing about the African space industry? Um, okay, so the, the one big thing is, is that Africa is, a, Africa is a good destination for space business. So whether you are like a foreign company, uh, you know, that is trying to build global business, Africa should be key to your, uh, to whatever plan you're trying to develop. Whether you're an investor, uh, you know, opportunities are in Africa to invest. Um, or even whether you're like, a foreign government that is, you know, looking at institutional partnership, um, Africa is. So uh, if there's one message I want to get out there, uh, that's it. Africa is, Africa is a good destination for space business. It's still a very early stage, but you know the growth, the growth rate is massive. I mean, when you look at you know government space uh, you know, budget, the the growth rate in Africa is like the highest ever in the world. You know. Um, Right now, the uh, you know Africa contributes about one percent to global space budget, but the growth rate is. I mean, Africa stands after you know, North America, Europe, Asia, uh, you know, so bigger than whatever is going on uh, in Australia, or New Zealand, or like in, um, in Southern America, and you know, some of these other places. So it's it, you know it's and um, the way, especially with the way the industry is going now, with the African Space Agency. To become operational very soon. This now provides opportunities for institutions to be able to work with like 54 countries at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I think the African Space Agency and you know what it does, it's going to be very interesting to to look forward to in the next few years. Um, what is one thing you think people get wrong about the African space ecosystem? What kind of assumptions you think they make? And and usually they are wrong about that assumption. Um, so there is first the assumption that there is no space program in Africa. So they're wrong about that. Uh, there is the assumption that Africa is too poor to afford space technology. They're also wrong about that. Africa funds its, in its space program. Um, what other assumption is there? There is. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I think these are like you know the two biggest assumptions that people make. Oh, there's also the assumption that you know that you know, like partnering with Africa when it comes to space program is more of uh, doing charity, like you know, giving. But it's not like that. It's purely business. Uh, you know, from I mean, from the data we have, from the track record, um, you know, it's always been business. Africa is more like a charity when it comes to space. Has been a good destination for no definitely i think that those are i think very true and i i'm sure that a lot of people actually made those three um, assumptions so hopefully yeah you've kind of uh, negated those assumptions um all right so one last question is uh, let's imagine it's 2030 and it's the end of the decade and we are in the next decade how do you think the african space industry looks like you know you know, you can see if it's going to be the best case scenario or worst case scenario. But how do you hope that the ecosystem looks like, um, or how do you think it will look like, uh, from you know, from different perspectives, from different countries and different uh, space domains? How do you think it's going to look like? Um, so first, I, I think there will be like 
know a lot of commercial companies. Um, 2013, maybe we would have, um, I don't know, um, a new space company that is worth a billion dollars. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that would be awesome. Um, probably possible, but yeah. Um, I think that would be, that would really be interesting if that kind of thing can be achieved. Um, I also see like, you know, uh, a lot of technology being developed on the continent instead of depending on like other regions. Um, you know, and I think most importantly, countries in Africa actually working together. Uh, this has been like a problem for a while where, you know, um, it's sort of like hard to get countries in Africa to work together. Uh, hopefully by then, you know, the, the synergy will be great. Uh, countries will be able to, you know, work together on whether it's projects or you know, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, with a continentally driven space program that is actually uh, making impact. Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually forgot to ask you about uh, space exploration. And you know, do you think that is going to be a thing? You know, by the end of the decade, do you think there's going to be uh, exploration missions to the moon or to Mars or hopefully um, an African astronaut at that point? Because we didn't really touch on that topic, but. I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, where you see that going as well. Do you see that happening? Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, I, I know it's probably not a priority for any country now, but, you know, this sort of a thing, a, a new president can just come in in one of these countries tomorrow and say, hey, yeah, you know, I want to send my country to more. So, uh, so I would not rule that out. Um, I think presently that is not a priority for any of the countries. Well, you know, we're talking like nine years time, so anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just thought of a question and, I, and let that be the last question is I always think space, you know, it's, it's space is, you know, told to be for, you know, everybody for the whole of humanity. But it seems like only people in the West usually take decisions about space and, you know, the future of humanity in space. And I wanted to get your thoughts on how you feel about that, you know, coming from Africa. And, you know, I think it applies to a lot of Asia and Latin America as well. It's it's almost the future of humanity that is decided by, you know, let's say a few countries about what we're going to do in the moon or Mars or everything. How do you feel about that? And, you know, do, do you know, have you spoken to people in Africa and how do, how do they feel about it? That, you know, those, let's say 10, 15, 20 countries usually make those decisions and, you know, not the rest of the world. That's just something that I keep thinking about, but I wanted to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think I have a problem with some countries coming together to say, yeah, this is what we want. I mean, uh, it's, it's not like the other countries are trying to get involved. Um, you know, so I, I don't have a problem with that. I think I have a problem with some countries forcing other countries to do certain things. Um, I also have a problem with some countries doing certain things for their benefit and then promoting that as if, as if it is for the benefit of all mankind. That, that's what I have a problem with, you know. Um, I mean, I, I was on a panel uh, recently with, uh, with someone from Colorado School of Mines and, you know, he was talking about how, you know, you know, how you know we're going to be doing asteroid mining how like some private companies are going to be doing and 
you know, he kept on using the word, you know, for the benefit of all mankind. And, and I'm like, uh, excuse me, an American company going to mine resources from outer space, bringing it to America to sell, is not for the benefit of all mankind. That's the benefit. That's for the benefit of the American company. So just stop using that word. That's. I mean, I don't have a problem with the U.S. making that kind of regulation, you know, although even though it's sort of like contradict the outer space uh, treaty. I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's the U.S. They can do whatever they want, but, but you should stop promoting things like that, like, oh, it's for the benefit of all mankind. It's not that, that the U.S., uh, that it comes, especially when, I mean, if it's a government doing something, like, say, when the U.S. Uh, first landed on the moon, yeah, you can say this is for the benefit of all mankind. I mean, it kind of makes sense, you know. This it's not like commercially driven or something, but but when an institution is doing a commercial activity and it's like you know, it's like saying Starlink is for the benefit of our man. It's not the astronomy guys are already complaining, you know. And you know, Elon Musk when he's come, they're gonna make a lot of money from that. That's not the benefit of our man. You know, they'll probably drive like you know, local companies out of the market. So how how is that? benefit of a man. So that's that's just uh you know uh what I have. I mean I don't have problem with companies actually doing that or companies making revenue or companies mining out resources. That's perfectly fine. But let's just not deceive ourselves that all of these activities are for the benefit. Yeah. No, I think that's well put. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, before we go, last question. Where can people find out more about Space in Africa? It's it's clearly going to be your website. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about, you know, what you do? Do you do reports? Do you publish news articles? So what goes on in Space in Africa? And if you have other resources as well, I'll link it up in my show notes. Yeah, so yeah, there's, uh, there's a ton of resources on our website, uh, www.spaceinafrica.com. Uh, you know, we report daily stories of what's going on in the industry. Um, people can check that out on our news website. Uh, we have tons of reports on different segments of the industry. Uh, in fact, we're releasing our industry report tomorrow, uh, as well as a new space uh, industry report looking at the commercial segment of the industry. Uh, you know, all of that is available on our website. We can check that out. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Temidayo. Thanks for being on the podcast. And yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts and insights. Thank you very much. Uh, nice chatting. Hey, this is Arvind again. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the Tarawat Space Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, feel free to sign up for my newsletter, Terrawatch on Substack. That is terrawatch.substack.com, where I attempt to decode the recent developments in space tech and its impact on Earth. Thanks again, and hope to see you for the next episode.